Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Conley on a 6-0 run, fires the three. Good! 9-0 run! Timeout, Frank Vogel! Jazz by 10! Like that! Just like that! Boom! Donovan gets his own rebound, throws it out to Royce, rotates to Bogdanovich, sets his feet, fires away! Bullseye! Conley pushes, goes to the far base corner, comes off and go bare pick with the left hand, lobs to Rudy, another dunk. There throttling this team right now. Donovan catch and shoot with 1.6 seconds left on the inbound. He got it! Three ball right side for Donovan. The first of the three triple-double items is off the charts. Conley, high pick and roll. Kick out Clarkson. Catch and shoot three. Good. 18 of 38 for three for the Jazz. And the Jazz go on to beat the Lakers 114 to 89. Second quarter, they broke it open, 39-24, just buried him with the offense, 15-point advantage there. And then it was the defense in the third quarter, 27-17, and PK somewhere in the middle of that game, it was all over and everybody knew it. No drama at all. You get amped up for a Laker game because it's the Lakers, but they're missing Anthony Davis, they're missing Dennis Schroeder, and they can't hang with the Jazz on that night. Yeah, you never know in the playoffs, though, buddy. <laughs> there it is. Post-game quote. Markeith Morris, we see the Jazz. We know they beat our ass tonight. But in the playoffs, it's a different story. Leave that out there. See you again this summer. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, the Lakers got a long way to go to be able to worry about playing the Jazz. See, it's okay for the Jazz to be worrying about the Nets, but not the Lakers. Yeah. All comes down to are the Lakers healthy? Because I know, no matter what you say right now, you believe if the Lakers are healthy, it won't matter if they're the 4 or 5 seed. That's not going to matter to LeBron. Well, as Mark Jackson said last night, they need Dennis Schroeder back. You get him back, Katie bar the door. Rudy can't bar the basket. Jazz will head out on a pre-All-Star break road trip now. Miami and Orlando back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. Four-game trip, and then they get a break. Yeah, that's a, that's assuming that uh, Miami and Orlando show up. I mean, the way these guys are playing, they may just say, hey, come on. The NBA revealed the second-half schedule for the teams that are willing to show up. Jazz is going to open the second half on March 12th at home against Houston. The regular season is going to end mid-May, May 16th at yeah. Sacramento. And then, you know... If they do decide to play the Jazz, I think the Jazz would be very complimentary and say, nice of you to show up. Oh, Jim Boylan. Nice. String them all together, PK. Stream of consciousness. You're on a roll. Well, who's to say that, uh, you know, the way that the Boise metro area is exploding, they don't get an NBA team, and then obviously Boise would have their crack. May 22nd. Think they could get some first-team all-whackers? Oh, that community's got several. Yeah. <laughs> Having been there, everywhere you turn around. Playoffs start May 22nd. So, brace yourself for July funds. 
Well, I think they already listed the date, July twenty second. I yep. think is the end. Is the end ahead of the Olympics? That's the normal. Uh, it's a normal timing. Two months of playoffs after the regular season. Yeah, they've already put that out there. They haven't put the actual days, but they put the beginning and the end. Former Utah Jazz guard Elijah Millsap made allegations that then GM Dennis Lindsay made a bigoted comment to him during an exit interview in twenty fifteen, allegedly saying, "Quote." If you say one more word, I'll cut your black ass and send you back to Louisiana. Close quote. Lindsay categorically denied making the comment. Quentin Snyder said in the postgame, honestly, I don't remember the conversation. I can't fathom Dennis saying something like that. Ru- Rudy Gobert was asked about it. He's a player, one of the few players on the team who was here in 2015. He acknowledged that he was uh, actually close to Elijah Millsap while Elijah was here. Said it was the first he'd heard of it. Pointed out it was six years ago and he didn't know what to say. Kind of shook his head after the six years. Said he'd be reaching out to Elijah, but really didn't know what to add at this point. Well, that's logical of Rudy, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is an interesting situation here because in our community, you know, we had the Morgan Scowley thing over the summer, and that was, I think, it was seven years ago, if I remember correctly. I may be off. And now Elijah Millsap six years ago. Very interesting that... It's not that, I don't know, it has any relationship. It's just interesting in a sense that it's been all these years. Now, obviously, Dennis Lindsay comes out strongly and says he categorically denies it. Uh, Quinn Snyder listening to him last night. You and I talked during the game, and we were talking about how it's going to be interesting to see what Quinn Snyder has, has to say. And I think it was the second question that was asked of him in the post game. He said he doesn't remember and he can't fathom it. Uh... That's reasonable. If it wasn't that big of a deal, what what? There's so much more that is out there besides one little uh, snippet of a conversation. You know what was going on prior to the the actual. Assuming what's the backstory that would have yeah. led to that kind of statement being made? You what can't kind assume of, it's true, but what? Yeah, what was what the context kind of, of the conversation? What was going yeah. on? Was it was it their literal exit interview? Because it was in April. Uh, at that, I think he said yeah. April, right? Was yeah. it the exit interview, yes. or was it? A, that's what other, it, that's what Elijah Millsap claims. Okay, so yeah, what well, uh, what kind the whole of thing what, is bizarre? Right, what kind of conflict would have been happening over the end of the season leading up to that? What would have happened in a in that literal conversation leading up to that? But what would have been happening in the weekend or week or two leading up to that? There could have been that kind of conflict, you know. I think we've all, at some, if you've worked long enough, at some point you've had conflict with your boss. And sometimes it just happens in a second. But sometimes there's a big buildup to it. So, I don't know. Yeah, uh, why, the whole why, thing I, don't, I, I don't know. fascinating. I don't know why now. I don't know why it took so long. And if it takes so long, why does it come out now? I mean, to go to, you know, the constant parallels, because this is, well, for the individuals involved, it's a one-off. But when you look at the bigger... You know, in sports and in society, you know, why did Andy Williams talk when he did and say what he said about Deloy Hansen? Well, he'd been furloughed a long time. He clearly had not wanted to say anything earlier because he'd been afraid for, you know, what it would do to his employment. But once he was furloughed and he figured his employment was done, he was willing to say something. And with Deloy out, he thought he'd be back. And ironically, before all this broke yesterday, he was tweeting that he finally took another job because he hadn't heard anything from RSL. And, I mean, he's put it out there on social media. He thinks he's toxic because he's the one who said what he said and started it, and then subsequently other people said stuff. But Andy feels like he's still paying the price. So, you know, why didn't Elijah say it earlier? Why does he say it now? Why didn't he say it later? 
again, it's to your point, what's all the backstory? You know, we can look at other situations and see the backstory that existed. And there must be one for this, but Elijah Millsap was off my radar, and I'm pretty sure he's off your radar. I hadn't thought about him in a long time. I don't know what's going on with him and where he is in his career. So, probably not the last we've heard of it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Rudy says after he's communicated with Elijah. That might be the next thing that comes up. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. John Collins gets the ricochet rebound, though, out to Gallo. He fakes. Now he's going to shoot the three. And he makes another one. Ten three-pointers. A new Hawks record. Oh, my goodness. Gallo. Rubio flips it up to Nerebol with a scoop of the right hand. Controlled by Carter to White. White to Levine with a pull-up. Right side three. Bam! All-star Zach Levine with 35. Timeout, Minnesota. Shea giving it. Keith Horford driving on a portal. Right corner of Dort for three in the lead. And wins a Kenyan Thunder Buddy Ball. Lucas Dort falls backward in celebration. Mobbed by his teammates. OKC wins it at the buzzer. 102-99 over the Spurs. Lou Dort, buzzer beating, game-winning three-pointer. 102-99. PK. Yeah. He was the only guy on that side of the court. You get open shots. That, that was an open shot. And he knocked it down. That's a great story. And he played one year with the Devils and then goes undrafted. Oops. Yeah. Undrafted, man. I mean, he's not a star by any stretch. Oh, he's a tough, tough defender. And he's had a big-time body, NBA body, since he was a kid. He's been fortunate with that. So I like to see those types of stories of guys who get overlooked and have to fight and move all that stuff, and then he hits that game winner. It was fun for him. Zion Williamson was not overlooked. Number one pick in the draft. 32 points for the All-Star, and the Pelicans take down the Pistons, 128-118. Oh, he made a statement. I bet you they were saying, yeah, see, he's showing he's worthy. (laughs) I love how the announcers got to get into that cliche. You knew that was coming once Conley hit a couple of buckets. Had the first five points of the game. <laughs> Conley's on one. Here we go. <laughs> Danilo Gallinari was on one. 10 of 12 from the three-point line. 13 of 16 from the floor. Made a couple of free throws and finished with 38 points off the bench for the Hawks as they beat the Celtics. 127-112. Celtics two games under 500 now. Uh, 10 of 12 from three. I'd retire. <laughs> and go out on top. Warriors win again. That was the game on ESPN right before the Jazz game. Warriors Close out the Pacers, 111-107. Steph Curry, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. An all-around game from Steph. Warriors finding their stride a little bit, PK. Great. Potential first-round opponent for the Jazz or too good? They'll climb in the standings. Not going to find them in the 8th spot. Oh, we're not going to do this now, are we? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Come on! I can't look ahead to the finals. I can't look ahead to the first round. Come on. Come on! You passed the All Star break. Before. The Warriors are eighth right now, right? I'm not going to get involved in that. Too soon. Suns had a chance to catch the Lakers for third in the West, but lost to the Hornets, 124-121. Lamelo Ball had 20 points and eight assists. Gordon Hayward looked like he got away with a foul at the end of the game on Devin Booker. No All Star status at home for Devin Booker. 
That's his name, the replacement for Anthony Davis. Yeah, well, that's good news for the Jazz then if I'm going to go because I don't want to face the Lakers in the first round. So I'm going to all-out panic that they're going to be fourth. So I need the Suns to start losing then. I mean, where does that end? And that would be in the second round, obviously. But uh, where would that end? Oh, well, I think your you're worrying about that would uh, end on May 16th when the regular season finishes with the Jazz in Sacramento. Or you can just sit back, my, watch my, the basketball, and then that will, find that out what the That will be when it ends, yeah. but when does it begin? And it doesn't begin now. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. A lot of college hoops tonight. Utah hosting UCLA at the Huntsman Center at 6 o'clock. Uh, USC over the weekend. The Utes are going to have a say here in the Pac-12 title race down the stretch. Seeing the top two teams in the league. That game is at 6 o'clock tonight at the Huntsman Center. You can see it on the Pac-12 networks. BYU hosting USF. Marriott Center, 7 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. USF, 4-7 and seven in league. Ought to be a W for BYU. Oh, just except everyone should be a W except for Gonzaga. Gonzaga. This is a crappy league. And we can say, oh man, USF last year they were they were they were on the come. Will we stop with this? This is a garbage league. BYU's way better. They should beat every team except Gonzaga. It's as simple as that. That is almost how it's played out this year. They've got one loss to somebody. They're zero and two against Gonzaga, eight and one against everybody else in the league. We made a big deal about BYU's football schedule. Well, this is their annual conference basketball schedule. Save Gonzaga and occasionally St. Mary's. SUU beat Northern Arizona 85-80 last night. Weber State's at Sac State tonight in Big Sky action. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I think he's probably looking somewhere around June uh, right now from what I'm hearing. But, yeah, I mean, his leadership, he doesn't have to be out there throwing it anymore. He can just—he can be standing there coaching the out of them. So I'm hoping we have an offseason for the younger players. Uh, Tom doesn't need it. For him, he can learn as much standing and sitting in my golf cart as he can out there throwing the ball again. So it, for me, it's just a matter of hopefully having uh, those practices. That's Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay head coach. He and the GM would be, Todd Light, uh, Jason Light, uh, would be elated if they could get a deal done with Brady to keep him with the franchise beyond his current two-year deal. One down, two to go. That should be I a pretty go easy. Fernando Tatis, like contract for Brady. <laughs> 14 years. <laughs> you got Brady signed through 50. He'll be 58. He'll be 58 but, uh, when he's done. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be willing to talk to him at that point. See if he wants to play into his 60s. Brady slated to make $25 million in the coming season. Kansas City Chiefs had all sorts of problems with their offensive line by the time they got to the Super Bowl while they're starting right tackle. Mitchell Schwartz underwent surgery for a back injury that knocked him out of the lineup midway through the past season. He expects to be fully healthy and available come training camp this summer. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Ah, free agency in college football. Herm got it right. The old free agent season. BYU is adding former Utah State defensive back Jacob Robinson as a transfer. Robinson played at Orem High. Former Utah defensive lineman Mufiel Hunt from Murray High. 
also joining BYU as a transfer recently. Good luck keeping up with all this, PK. Good thing we have Yach. Okay. Good. Congratulations to those guys, I guess. Clemson senior defensive end Justin Foster, 10 and a half tackles for loss in 2019, announced his retirement Wednesday saying a combination of asthma, allergies, and COVID-19 have made it impossible for him to return to the field. Done playing. And a senator from Kansas, Jerry Moran, introduced federal legislation Wednesday that allows student-athletes to sign endorsement deals in the future with some restrictions on what types of deals they could enter. The bill, if passed, would also increase the medical coverage that many of the wealthiest athletic departments have to provide for their athletes and establish rules that would allow players to transfer to new schools and enter professional drafts without losing eligibility. You've been talking about that for a while, PK. How come you have to give up your college eligibility? If you're Lou Dort and you're undrafted, you ought to have the chance to go back to school. Yeah, that makes no sense. That's the colleges having a rule that favors the professionals. Let the professionals worry about that. Do stuff that are in the best interest of your organization, format, level, whatever you want to call it. Well, that, that's, that's part of the freedom that I think for some of these kids, uh, it needs to be right there with the cash. Nothing supersedes cash. Cash is the answer to so many things. Let's call it like it is. But uh, I think that they should be able to do that. Why? Why? Why have? Why do your sports have rules that benefit the pros? DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. I think it's pretty similar to every year we come in here for spring training. I think. Uh, our front office does such a great job of accumulating talent and and putting a group in the room that uh, we think has a chance to win a World Series every single year. So this year is no different. Uh, obviously, a lot of great players um, added some very nice pieces to the roster, and uh, we're looking forward to making another deep run and uh, bring another championship to L.A. So um, I don't think it's that different from any other year. That's the Dodgers' Justin Turner asked about the pressure to repeat as World Series champs. The expectation's always there. Turns out this year they're defending it, and the previous year they may have lost it, but the expectation is always, win it all, baby. Win it all. Well, yeah, when you have that type of payroll, everyone wants a return on their investment, and for the Dodgers, the return on the investment is literally doing that. Across town, the Angels' Shohei Otani. That he topped out at 97 miles per hour, pitching during live batting practice. Otani has not pitched regularly since 2018 because he had Tommy John surgery. PK, we've talked about this before. About uh, I, I'm excited at the thought of seeing somebody be, you know, hitting home runs one day as a DH or an outfielder or whatever, and another day pitching. But you point out, well, nobody's done this since Babe Ruth, and Babe Ruth gave it up. Now, he pitched, but he pitched like the first, I don't know, four or five years, something like that in his career. And then all through the 20s and into the 30s, he was he was an outfielder. Is Otani really going to do this? Still clearly messing around with it since he's throwing 97 mile an hour pitches. Yeah, I was thinking about this when I saw this because I obviously I saw it yesterday too, and they continue to try to have him do both. I'm wondering maybe not as a starting pitcher, maybe as a spot reliever here and there. But then, you know, you can't just necessarily give somebody that unless you intend to really use them because that's a valuable spot on the roster. 
and pitching. You know, you have got guys, guys who've been in the big leagues for a number of years that aren't necessarily good, but they're healthy, and they call them innings eaters because they can. You can give them the ball, and they can go out there and they can do their thing. And even if they're not great, you got to have somebody out there. So I don't know if they can do that. It's a development that they seem like they keep trying to force, and it hasn't worked so far. So put on your manager hat. Do you see him as a guy who is one of the four outfielders, they're rotating him through, and that he would sit on a day when the bullpen has been beat up? You know, a couple guys have bad starts, and they've had, or they've had extra inning games or whatever, and, you know, they've had uh, the bullpen's tired. Okay, he's in the bullpen today. He's going to – he can come in and throw a couple innings and give – Give somebody else a day off, and that's how you rotate the four outfielders through. Is that well, I don't enough? Know that he's, I don't know that he's. Or he's really thinking outfield. he wants to be in the rotation. I <laughs> he wants to be in the rotation and then be in the outfield a couple of days when normally. Yeah, I, don't, he'd be I don't think he's played much outfield though. I think you're assigning him a position. I think he's been mostly the designated hitter. Uh, so uh, there's questions to be answered on that. Chicago star, Chicago White Sox star first baseman Jose Abreu will be isolated for several days. He tested positive for COVID-19. Team says he's completely asymptomatic and frustrated to be away from the club. Spring training's supposed to be a good time. You don't want to be isolated during spring training. I know, really. I mean, that means no golf in the afternoon, right? I don't know if Jose Abreu golfs, but uh, I'm not sure about that. Toronto Blue Jays phenom Vlad Guerrero Jr. told reporters he dropped 42 pounds in the offseason in an effort to be in better shape going into spring training in the early part of the season. Most major league. It was chunky, there was no doubt about it. That's a lot of weight to drop. Yeah. Most major leaguers don't have 42 pounds to drop, you wouldn't think. Or if they do, they have no intention of dropping it, so either way, it doesn't happen. All right, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, the Joe Ingles Show. Probably about 835 this morning in the 9 o'clock hour. Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, and Mike Weir, former Masters champ, talk about Tiger Woods. He'll join us at 930. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.